Hi, everybody. It's Pete Oliver. Welcome to the Emerge on Purpose podcast. This podcast is for sales reps and managers who want to become better leaders. Each show, we'll talk about a different leadership principle that will help sales reps and managers emerge on purpose. Peter Oliver and Lindsay Getting here. We are kicking off a new podcast topic as there's a new quarter that has uh, come into play. We just wrapped up Q1 and as we enter the new quarter, Q2, which is a pivotal quarter, uh, Pete, you and I have talked about just how important Q2 is, not only for our organization, but for our clients' organizations and why it's so critical to hit the ground running and really get into massive action. But I think at the same point, it's understanding that we want to remain consistent and follow our behavioral plans and do what we say we're going to do. So that's why this bubbled up is like, let's share this message with other people because I think it's valuable for, for other folks, especially sales leaders to hear and sales reps to, to hear. So what are some of the things that we're going to cover today that will kind of guide people to crush this quarter? Yeah, I mean, it's a fun topic, actually. I, running joke with a lot of sales organizations is this quarter is the most important quarter in the company's history. And you hear that all the time from our clients. I think it's true for us, unless you have a time machine, you can go back to some great quarter you had in the past. Why would you not want this quarter, the the current quarter to be the most successful quarter, the most important quarter in the company's history? So there's definitely an attitude element to keeping yourself motivated week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter. And it, for different reasons, different quarters are important. And it's not necessarily for our reasons. It's also for our clients' reasons. So yeah, I think part of what we get want to get into today, we want to hit a couple of attitude pieces. So how do we think about the importance of each quarter that we're in? And how do we keep ourselves motivated within that, that context? And another one's a behavior element. I think one of the mistakes we make a lot with goal setting is we set the goal and it's the Ronco effect. I call it, it's just, you set it and forget it. Like that old infomercial that was on the TV years ago. That's not something that we want. Like how often do you hit a new quarter and then you forget what your goals were for the previous quarter. And and then, so not going back, closing the page on the previous quarter, there's, there's definitely a goal setting element that, that is there from quarter to quarter for us and for our clients. And then the third thing is just technique, get into some pretty cool techniques about how to look at the relevance of one quarter versus another. So those are the three things we can hit on today. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And gosh, so true about goals as we've been talking about goals internally and also sure knowing what your goal is and having some investment in that goal. And as we all know, people work for their personal goals before they work for their professional goals. So making sure we're tying that is just such a huge thread that uh, we see leaders often miss time after time and uh, and making sure that those really mean something too, because I think sometimes people just throw things out there just because it sounds good or it makes sense or, you know, it's a, oh, two per month. So, okay, my my total is 24 a year, but it's like, you're just, they kind of randomly select goals that don't really 
have any meaning. So I think that that uh, tying that personal goal to it is going to be huge. And those mindsets to stay motivated. I mean, how many times do we get that, that question? How do I motivate my people? It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. So I love, love that going there. Where should we start first? Do you want to start that attitude piece? Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? I, so the narratives that I'll just tell you my narratives quarter to quarter. Okay. Q1. It's a new year. This is exciting. We get to set our course. We get to decide what our success is going to look like. We get to start executing on what our new yearly plan is. We get to start fast, start strong, build on the last year. That's my mindset for Q1. Q2, ready? Q2, our sales cycles are about three to six months, okay, in typical fashion. So, any deal that we find this quarter can still close by the end of the year. And we can get that benefit on 2023, the current year. So if if we want to overachieve for the year, it won't happen if we take Q2 off. It just won't happen. So th this is a pivotal quarter because it, it means that the revenue will hit this year. It's important for that reason. The other reason why it's important is because it's a working quarter for pretty much every company out there. There's not a lot of time off in Q2. It's one of the best selling quarters that you can have because it's before summer and you've got time to start warming up opportunities, partnerships uh, during this quarter so that you, you can make some headway before the summer doldrums hit. Okay. That's the Q, that's the Q2 mindset. Okay, Q3 mindset, get into that a little bit. Well, that's the summer. That's the balance quarter. That's when we know our clients will be taking time off. That's when hopefully we know we will be taking time off. So we have to work harder in that quarter while we're working. And we have to continue moving the ball forward. We have to make sure that there's not a black hole of activity during that third quarter, which a lot of times that can be there. We get distracted, kids are home from school, taking vacations, all of which is great. Highly recommend we do. I mean, I take a month off in that quarter every year, but that doesn't mean that we can't continue to find a way to be successful in Q3, right? Now, for some of our clients, like as an example, Microsoft, their year end is June 31st. So their budgets are getting determined in April, May, June. So their sales kickoffs are going to be in July, August. There, there's a lot of companies out there that view July as their the beginning of their year. So it, it, a lot of what we need to do too is understand what our clients think, what their mindsets are quarter to quarter. Then obviously Q4, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Finish the year strong. Yep. Get all the stuff closed. Continue okay. to prospect. Let's make it the best year ever because we don't drop the ball at, at the 20 yard line, at the 10 yard line, the five yard line. So, so that, that's mindset wise. You got to know why each quarter is important sure. to yourself and to your clients. And that's, that's a mindset thing. What does your messaging sound like to your, to your sales team? And what would you recommend uh, for leaders in that this working quarter where we know massive action is very important, right? We need to really focus on those money-making behaviors, consistency, repetition, repetition, repetition. 
don't think, just do, without adding this massive amount of pressure and like steamrolling and like laying down the hammer? How do you message that to people? I mean, they're in sales. They, you know, you don't need to be with a super light touch, but just to to drive them to want to perform versus like the fear. Yeah, well, let's let's go back to some of the activities that we want to be doing in Q1. Like we really, as leaders, should know what motivates our teammates. Mm-hmm. What do they want to do? Are they going to buy a new house this year? Are they going to pay off a bunch of debt? Are they going to buy a Porsche? Are they going to go on a a new vacation? Are they going to move cities? Are they going to, who knows what they're going to do, but it's, it's their reason why they would want to hit the goals that they've set out to hit. And obviously as a leader of the organization, you want to play a role in their success. And you can't do that if you don't know what success means to each of them. So a lot of times it's asking them, why is this quarter important to you? In, in the context of the quarter itself and also in the context of their goals that they set for the year. So the other thing that I think is extremely helpful is if there's clarity around each person's goal setting process, then you've got a pretty good sample set of data through the first quarter. So we know, like, are we on track? Are we ahead? Are we behind? Do we need to make any changes? And it, it's a we-based conversation versus a you should do this. I think that's where as a leader, you, you you basically exit the leader role and turn into a supervisor really fast if you start shooting on everybody. Totally. So, so I, I really do believe that it's it's our job as a leader to help understand what is motivating everybody and getting them to say it out loud so that you can support them and them getting to where they want to go. Yeah. Well, just like we encourage our clients in the selling roles to get on the same side of the table with their prospects, doing that by being a little bit more nurturing, by asking questions, by really setting up the environment and expectations for conversations and directing it uh, where you're really being humans to each other. It's the same with leadership. How do we get on the same side of the table? How do we look at this quarter in front of us? Let's take a look at your goals personally and then map them to the organizational goals and get you fired up about it, right? Yeah, that's a leader's job is to help your people hit their goals and the organizational goals, of course. Yeah, one of our clients, they've got a January 31st year end and they they push really hard, really right. hard. Uh, one, of, one of my, the guys that I coach, he was at 43% to quota for the year when January started and he was at 134% to quota when January ended. Unbelievable. So imagine that swing in January. And and then imagine when February 1st hits, what what does he want to do? He wants to hibernate. He wants to take a month off. He needs to reset himself. (laughs) I mean, rightfully so. He worked hard. So now all of a sudden February is over and really March is the start to his year. Sure. And now it's April. So he's basically ending his first quarter right now. and. He's got two, three months to sell before people start taking time off. It's like, so it's like, okay, how do I turn the page on that success and not start camping? Mm-hmm. Start. It's okay to camp for a week or two, obviously, because you got a nice view. You're sitting there with a little extra money. You just, you just hit your number. 
but man, in, in this case, it's it's now April. Yeah. And um you better start climbing again. And maybe <laughs> right. maybe this year you, you won't wait till the twelfth month of the year to do like 75% of this revenue. Right. Yeah, one of the simplest uh, mindsets, which will, I guess, lead us into the behavior aspect of the conversation is when it comes to prospecting, building your pipeline, moving deals forward with momentum, it's doing a little bit all of the time versus a lot some of the time. Yeah. So it's just day to day to day repeating those behaviors that you know that are working for you right? Those leading behaviors. And we'll talk about leading and lagging uh, when we get to the behavior part, rather than just that sporadic activity where we have those peaks and valleys of behavior. Uh, and we know that that too can be a problem later because then you close a bunch of deals and you have to service a bunch of deals. And then that leads to another peak and valley of the yeah. sales service. So um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, What's, um, why don't we go there? Because I, I think- said whether your year end is january 31st or december 31st now we're sitting in april you've got two or three months of of data and assuming you tracked your leading behaviors mm -hmm. so let's go there what is a leading behavior it it's a it's it's a reach out to an existing client it's it's a call to a prospect it's a linkedin connection request it's a referral ask it's any of those actual behaviors that we do with our clients or prospects that lead to conversations. And then those conversations lead to discovery meetings. And then those discovery meetings lead to opportunities. Mm -hmm. So a leading behavior, let's just say is a referral ask that will result in a conversation with somebody else because the referral ask basically got you an introduction. So let's say you track that for the first couple of months of the year, you now know what your leading behaviors were, and you also know what your lagging result is. And for a lot of our clients, including us, frankly, we track discovery meetings. So that's the lagging result we want to know. So we all have a discovery meeting goal because we know what percentage of those lead to opportunities and we know what our, our average opportunity size is. So you can look at the first quarter, you can see, okay, we wanted to generate this amount of, of opportunities and we either did it or we didn't do it. So now we're sitting here at the start of Q2 and we get to ask ourselves two very key questions. Question number one is, do I need to change the behaviors I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Question number two is, do I need to do more of the same behaviors that I'm doing? So you always wanna maximize your best shot at getting the lagging result. And you do that by constantly asking yourself those two questions. Can I do more behavior of my top money-making behaviors? Just do the exact same thing, but do more of it. Or do I need to pivot on the behaviors that I'm doing? Do I need to do more networking again? Yep. Versus something else that's in your, we call it a cookbook. So at the start of Q2, we, we, we all have to make those decisions. And if we don't, we're going to be halfway through the year and, and have no chance of recovering from, from where we are versus where we want to be. But three months in, two months in, you, you, can, you can make pivots and still get to where you want to go, even if your Q1 was horrible. Yeah. Well, we're doing that internally. We're helping our clients do that, make those 
slight edge tweaks and uh, every Friday morning we've got our sales meeting and what does everybody do? They pull up their cookbooks. It's a simple spreadsheet. It's not anything crazy. Everyone tracks discovery meetings for the week, referral asks, LinkedIn activity, emails, dials, and we share. It's two minutes per person max. And after Q1 was done, now we're all tweaking a little bit. We just had this conversation. Do we want the same number of discos? Is that going to help us hit our goal? So these conversations are so critical and tracking them regularly and then showing them and setting the expectation with the team that you need to see that they're tracking it. You, you, you need to see that that this momentum is building and uh, it's it's just that accountability that they expect and then it helps them. It, it keeps them motivated back to motivation because they're doing the right stuff and, and the those lagging results will come. It, yeah, you're right. And I think there's one subtle thing that you, you want to lens into their ability to be self-accountable versus them being accountable to you as the leader, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's almost like, look, I could, I could give two shits whether you do it or not. If, you, if you're saying you want to do it, then I want to be here to help you. But if, if you want to just have a mediocre year, just be honest with yourself about that. And uh, you won't care whether or not you're tracking it or not. Yep. And, Obviously, if you get a rep that admits that you got a problem there, but that won't happen if you know what motivates them and they know what motivates them and they'll, they'll find a way to make it happen and they won't have any excuse for themselves if they don't do it because they've committed to themselves that they want to. So That's it's huge. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, again, it's like, if you're playing the role of coach or mentor, you have a lens into their ability to hold themselves accountable. Well, when we're teaching cookbooks to our clients, self-accountability is a huge aspect of it. It's it's huge. And yeah, you manage behavior, not results. The results will come. Uh, and it's funny, I was looking at the LinkedIn state of sales report, which always gives some interesting statistics. And one of them, you know, with modern technology out there and everybody's plates are so full that it's less than a third of a salesperson's time is actually spent on selling. Less yeah, than a third. A third, a third, they're like rock star status, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times, like it's the time management piece. So maybe that will lead into the, the technique, right? And making sure that when you are executing your techniques are spot on and they differentiate you from everyone else that's reaching out to, to your, to your buyers, because yeah. yeah, the time management piece, it's like, oh gosh, well, I only can go out there and prospect so many hours a day. And then da, 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 and the excuses start happening. So here's, here's a, here's a real conversation. So coaching, coaching a rep. And she says, well, how many leading behaviors should I be doing? And I'm like, well, how many discovery meetings did you set last month? And she's like, four. I'm like, okay, well, what's your goal? She said eight. I said, okay, well, you tell me how much more behavior you should be doing this month versus last month. I mean, it's kind of an obvious answer if you think about it that way. Sure. Uh, unless you want to change your, the amount of, the, so that's back to the same question. The easy answer is just do double. Yep. 
the subtle answer is, well, maybe if I pull this lever up and I push this lever down, I can maximize results. So it's work hard, work smart. You're constantly trying to decide work hard, work smart, but th that can't happen if you don't track. So it's like the behavior bucket and we'll wrap it up on this. It's you do the behavior, you track, you adjust. Yeah. Well, I like using the term of, and this is something in SDR organizations, what are your money-making behaviors? It's like add some extra power to it, like really identifying what those are. Are they recapture reach outs, asking for intros in other departments, channel partner, tech partner, client business reviews, those referrals we talked about, the social networking time, there's so many things that need to be in that zone. So to your point, like what's most effective for you? Like if you're good on the phone, get on the phone. If you know that your one-two punch with uh, LinkedIn is going to work, yeah, giddy up, as you would say. But yeah. what are those top three, four, five for you? Don't spread yourself too thin. And uh, yeah, keep tweaking it a little bit here and there. Yeah, definitely. Let's hit technique for a minute. Yeah, so. do it. Now, again, this, this is this is really a behavior-driven conversation, right? Like, how do you approach the core? What do you do? But the technique side, I think that the rule that I think defines where we could go with this part of the conversation is the world is not us. So we just basically spent the first 20 minutes talking about us, our own goals, our own behaviors, what we're doing. Right. But I think when it comes to the technique, we, we have to basically flip it and put the client in the middle of the conversation. So we, we got to know why this quarter is important to them. We, we got to know whether there's a seasonality to their business or not. We need to understand if, if there's a difference between their calendar year and their fiscal year. We need to know if there's something in the news going on with that particular client. Again, could be something Maybe they just got a big round of funding. Maybe they're about to go through a merger. But in the absence of anything that is like a one-off event, we still would want to know how the year and the context of where we are within that year applies to the client. Yep. So you can change your messaging based on that. So what we don't, I'll tell you what we don't want to do. We don't want to call a client up and say, hey, this is the most important quarter in my history. And I really need a discovery meeting because they're not going to care about your quarter, right? Like I, it always bugs me when a, when a sales rep will, will try to play the, it's my year end card. Mm. You, what you're doing is you're training your clients to wait to the year end so they can get a nice discount. Like, don't do that. It's that's, that's about you. It's the world is not us. So how do we understand specifically for whatever quarter you're in, what that means to the clients that you're calling and do a little bit of research. And you can figure it out. You can figure it out. If they're public, you can read their 10K. If they're public or private, you can see press releases on their websites, on LinkedIn. Uh, you, you might be able to see. A lot of times what you'll see in Q2 is their, their budgets were approved and they're in hiring mode. So what does that mean? Does it mean they're going to have a bigger onboarding class in Q2? Does it mean that they're struggling with finding the right talent? Maybe that's going to impact the messaging based on the type of business you're in. Maybe they're having product shortages, which means they're not getting paid because they can't deliver on what they're what they're there to do for their clients. So whatever it is that's going on, when we're doing our research, we want to get hyper-personalized. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's just quarter to quarter. Other times it's some one-off event that's going on in their world. But whatever it is, it's not about you and your quarter at that point. Like you got to completely change your mindset away from why you care and then very quickly figure out why they would care before you do the reach outs. Yeah, tailoring that messaging to what's going on in their world. What are they dealing with on a day-to-day basis and focusing on them? That's from the the, the start of the, the first reach out to hopefully you, know, you finally get somebody to, to, to take a meeting. And, and again, knowing as much as it's a big quarter for you getting on that same side of the table, finding if it is truly a fit and learning from them and, and sharing too, that that's part of your process too. It's like letting them know that you're wanting to learn about them before you can get anything done, or you can really dis- determine if there's a next step, right? Even though yeah. you're hoping that there is. Yeah. Like she said, here's one of our clients sells to solar companies. Okay. And the solar company has different markets in different states. And then one of their markets, some of the incentives that the government put out there are expiring in three months. Mm. So what does that mean? It means that they have to open up different markets to make up for the fact that their demand is going to go down in one of their other markets. Well, so what's a more effective message when you're reaching out to that particular company? We want to help you open up new markets or this quarter is really important to me. And if I don't get it, I'm not gonna be able to buy my house. Like which one would they No, You want to know like what they care about yeah, and why they care about it. And then in the context of that, that's how you would prospect because that's all sales is about. It's helping make people make good decisions for themselves. And you can't do that if you don't understand the context behind what's going on in their world. You just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. It makes it like two words. Is this, a priority for them, right? How important is this to them in the context of everything that's going on? And is it relevant to them? Like important and relevance, you need to figure that out. Your timing is not their timing, especially yeah. in that example you were just sharing. Uh, and so there's a million, as you are asking those questions and you get to understand that there might be some sort of fit, right? A little bit of pain indicator. You can then fish out the importance and relevance type questions that are, that will get to that potential personal impact that you could have on them or the business impact. You got to earn the right to do that a little bit, but you, you earn the right by being human and showing that, you know, the world is not us to your point. Well, that's why we say trust, truth, then pain, not (laughs) Hey, what's your biggest problem? You know, I don't know you yet, but just tell me everything. No, this is, that doesn't work. That doesn't right. work. So you, doesn't. the trust, you get to the truth, truth, you get to the pain. And then from there, you, you, you continue the sales process forward. Absolutely. Awesome. Besides the world is not us, any techniques that you think are worth sharing when you're thinking about executing money-making behaviors in a way that is slightly, you know, more effective or besides the hyper-personalization? Well, I would say the only other tech, a lot of what we talked about was techniques on helping you determine what your own behaviors should be. Yep. So back to that a little bit, I I think you really want to know 
how your activities impact your month, your quarter, your year. And just as an example, let's say you're in a you're in a software as a service monthly recurring revenue type model. Okay. If you get the client in June, you're only recognizing half of that revenue in that particular year. Now, if you sign a contract, a lot of times they're they're gonna incent the sales reps regardless because they're gonna they're gonna incent based on total contract value. Some businesses, that's not the case. You're you're gonna get paid based off the of deposits and or based off of shipments if it's an actual physical product. So what we do in the beginning of the year, in some cases, could be more valuable than what we do at the end of the year based on how revenue is recognized. So just understanding how that works for you could end up becoming a motivator. So I would just say, just understand how business works for yourself. Like have a good business acumen yeah. for the impact it's going to have on yourself or the impact it's going to have on your clients. So I, I think just having that type of context is also a good technique, a good skill to have. Yeah, no doubt. Because it's going to motivate you to act differently based on the time of year. And, and two, it'll help you hyper-personalize if you know that that same question for your clients or potential clients. Yeah, great point. Awesome. Well, I think uh, overall, when we're thinking about entering a new quarter, but staying consistent, we've hit mindsets. So set those meaningful goals as leaders, understand why a new quarter is important to your people. Asking that question, peeling back those layers a little bit and, and getting them motivated by their personal goals. That's that's a huge one. The behaviors, create a cookbook for listeners who don't know who at what or what a cookbook is. We've got a simple template, happy, happy to share that. Um, so certainly you can contact us and, and let us know, but track it, tweak it, repeat. And then the techniques, I think it's huge. Stay focused on them. You know, once you're clear on your goals and your why, then you've got to be a human being and earn that trust to get to the truth, which gets you to a real motivating reason to buy. Uh, and, and you can go forward from there. So um, any last comments, Mr. Oliver? Like, subscribe, tell all your friends. <laughs> Lindsay and I are, we love doing these things and we'll keep doing it if you keep listening. Yeah. And if you want to be a person for us to interview who knows about these things and leads from the front or executes a cookbook with uh, precision, we'd love to have them on. So with that, keep climbing everybody and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.